with faith. So we kind of have a lot that I got to deal with. Amen. So as most of you know, we're in a series called Boom, Incredible Faith. Amen. And for those of you who don't know, that is the incredible sign. Amen. Mr. Incredible is a popular movie amongst our kids, and that's true. I like it, too. I don't know about y'all, but Incredibles 2, I was waiting on that thing. Amen. I'm pushing the kids out the way. I'm going to see Incredibles 2 in about 10 years. But uh, God is good. Amen. But I believe God in this time wants us to be have incredible faith. And today's message is entitled, some of you might already know, it's entitled, Against All Odds. Against All Odds. Yeah, it takes incredible faith to come against all odds. Amen. Amen. So as we embark on this series, I think it's the perfect time to discuss faith. Uh, We're in the second quarter of the year, January, February, March is gone, April, May, June, the second quarter of the year. And I feel the enemy is trying to beat us up and discourage us. And the place that he comes to attack is our faith. Yes, our adversary, as the New Testament calls Satan, knows that what? Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. But once we lose sight of him, what's the author and the finisher mean? It means he knows the story. He's writing the script. But once we decide to let the enemy come in and get to changing chapters, we get discouraged by one chapter in the book, and he, he can rewrite our whole story. But this is why we must stand on the promise of God when he says that we must walk in faith. See, if I have incredible faith, it's easy because I serve an incredible God. Amen. So the goals of this series... You have notes, you can write it down on your phone or you brought a notebook, whatever the case may be. Uh, this is very vital to the whole series, the whole, uh, as we get through these weeks in May, understanding what faith is and what faith isn't. Sometimes we think we understand what faith is, we really have no clue. Amen. But we must have an understanding. The Bible says, in all thy getting, get what? An understanding. Number two, learn principles through scripture that build up your faith. Your faith must be built it, it, it starts off at small level, and as God begins to do things and do things and do things in your life, then your faith gets to a whole nother level. But you must build up. The Bible says, "Let us build up our most holy faith." Well, how do you build? You got to work to build. You got to add to to build. Uh, and number three, walk in your God-given authority. Yes, God has given us authority, dominion. He has given us, but we got to walk in that thing. Amen. So this is a quote God gave me uh, when we started the God Faith series when we first started the church. And I feel it's so relevant still. Faith is like Wi-Fi. It's invisible but has the power to connect you to what you need. But if you don't have the passcode uh, vis-a-vis Jesus, you can't gain access. Amen. So faith is powerful. So let's look at the beginning and see what the Bible says faith is. And y'all stay with me because we're going somewhere today. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Lady Thomas shouted that scripture out uh, during prayer. Now, faith is the substance. The definition of substance is the quality of having a solid basis in reality or fact. That's what substance is. Substance have to have a basis in reality or fact. So what it is telling us that faith is not just blind faith. It must have some substance to it. Even though we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Don't miss that. Bible calls us to walk by faith and not by sight, but our faith still must have some substance to it. Uh, God, give me a million dollars. Why? <laughs> I need this million, Lord. Why? What is it going to do to help my kingdom? What if you pray for this for so when you use it, you have a plan and something to use it with? You just want it just to have it? Amen. That's when the enemy may slide in and give you what you're asking for. 
And it be from the enemy, not from God. See, 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 we must understand that I got to have faith. I can say I have faith. I want to be a doctor. But if I don't have no intentions to go into medical school, do I really got faith? You remember the young brother that tried that was 16, said I'm a doctor and practice law? Yeah, he practiced that. Yeah, he was in jail. He went to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah he went to jail. The young brother went to jail. So you cannot say I have faith and have no substance to it. I can't say I, I have faith. I want to be a fighter, fighter, a firefighter and do no work to pass the physical exam. I got to be able to carry people out of buildings. I got to be able to climb ladders. I got to be strong. I got to be able to hang. That, that, that hose is heavy, especially if you got water in it. I got to be able to do these things. If I don't work out and try to get myself together, there's no way I really can say I want to do these things. So you might have a desire to do something, but faith means it has some basis in reality. So, so more or less, this is what faith is. A confident expectation. Confident expectation is not a wish. Matter of fact, it's real to the person of faith who actually already believes they have what they hope for. Substance of things hoped for. Not actually present in reality, but I got the faith to believe I can grasp it if God says so. So I love this. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. What? Do we know what evidence is? You got to have you go to court and you got to have evidence uh, when somebody's on trial, the DA is doing what? Trying to present evidence to the jury so this person can be convicted. Yeah. The, the, the defense attorney is trying to present evidence so my person can be e- innocent. But faith is the evidence of, things, evidence of things not seen. So God is saying that your evidence, even though you can't see it, is believing that you already have it. Ah, I need y'all to get this. The evidence is if I delight myself in the Lord, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. Amen. The evidence is that even though I don't have it, I can call those things as if I had them as they were. God gives us authority, the ability to say we can have things even though we have no evidence of them. But my faith is based with some substance, some reality to get them. Amen. Amen. So faith is very important and powerful. I love that because God is so awesome. We get it messed up because we have faith for God to give us something. And then sometimes we don't get it. But we forget the fact that God is a father and he can see what we can't see. So maybe it ain't that, that, that your faith is not strong enough. Maybe he see what it is and know it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. Ooh, y'all ready to grow up? Y'all ready to grow up? I want it so bad, but maybe it's going to hurt me more than it's going to help me. I want it so bad, but maybe it may create an idol in my life and I stop worshiping God. Uh, 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 maybe I want it so bad and it's going to take me away from reading my Bible and praying. And, and, and God holds it back for our own good. Somebody already praised God that God didn't give you something so bad that you wanted it. Yeah, yeah. You wanted it so bad, but God didn't give it to you. Because if he gave it to you, it would have wrecked your life. If he gave it to you, if he gave you that job when you had that mind you used to have, all you would have cared about was stunting on people. If he would have gave it to you back then, but now he gives it to you, you're mature. You want to take care of business, save some money, help out your local church, uh, take care of your kids, invest, do the things that God has called you to do. So God wants to help you. But faith is so powerful, you have evidence of it in the spirit realm before you ever see it in the natural. Ah, I love that. Uh, before we get started on this, I had to set up what faith is because uh, we're going to go to a familiar passage for the Bible readers. And if not, it's cool. I'm bringing the passage to you. But I got to give you some pretext before we jump into this thing. Like I say, I got to teach this thing because it's a lot going on. And I want to make sure we got a clear understanding. Uh, we're going to deal with the children of Israel today. So, so we're going to start off real quick and look at Moses. Uh, Moses, the Hebrew, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. 
Uh, Moses was a Hebrew child, but he was raised in the house of Pharaoh, raised with the kings. He, he, he would have been in line to be king, actually, because he was older than his younger brother, even though he was adopted. He was older. So he would have been next in line to be king. But some of us know the story. Uh, I don't know if we saw the prince of Egypt, whatever you did. I don't know. But but he killed the man, runs away, and he's off in the wilderness for 40 years. God comes to him, the, uh, speaks to him and says, look here, I need you to go back and let my people free. And he's talking to Moses. He's like, Moses, I need to go. They've been in bondage for 400 years. I need you to go take care of my people and free him for Pharaoh. And, and Moses goes back. He approaches Pharaoh like, hey, bruh, I know I've been gone for a long time. I know I done did some wrong here, but I need you to release God's people. Pharaoh like, who your guy? I'm God here. I run Egypt. I ain't trying to hear none of that. So, so he's not letting the people go. So look what God comes and tells Moses in Exodus chapter 6. Look at this. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. To give them what? The land of Canaan. The land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. So Abraham... When God, when he, when he, Abraham became the first Jew and God was letting him go. It was him and his nephew Lot. Lot chose one end and Abraham took the other. And God told him, this is the land of Canaan. I'm going to give to your ancestors. So this was a promise all the way to Abraham. So look at, look at verse six real quick. I'm sorry, verse seven. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land. Bring you where? Into the land. Which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So the children of Israel doubted this in the beginning. They've been in bondage for 400 years. Moses talking about he know God now. He going to deliver us. They're like, whatever, bro. We don't. What's God's name? And Moses told God, said, tell them I am that I am. Which means don't worry about it. I am who I am. Uh, 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 God, so awesome in that name real quick I just feel this because God is I am that I am And that's why Lady Thomas was talking about He's everything to me So when God was telling them my name is I am that I am Means that if you need a healer I am a healer, Jehovah Rapha uh, If you need to provide, I am a provider, Jehovah Jireh uh, If you need a, 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 some peace I am Jehovah Shalom If you need a banner, I am Jehovah Nisi I am whatever you need I'm to be I'm God, you can't just put me in a box If you need a lawyer, I'm a lawyer If you need a doctor, I'm a doctor Whatever you need, I need. So he said, Moses, go tell them I am that I am. Don't worry about that. I got them. So so he comes in and, and, and now God shows up and shows out. He shows he's stronger than every Egyptian guy. Uh, read the book of Exodus. Awesome. Short version. Watch the Prince of Egypt. But whatever you're going to do, check it out. It's awesome. But at the end of the thing, he splits the Red Sea. Amen. And they walk on dry land. He gives them manna, which is bread from heaven. They hungry, got no food. God lets bread literally fall from heaven. I bet that stuff was scrumptious. I bet it was. Bread from heaven? Oh, man, I can imagine. But God lets them get bread from heaven. He feeds them quail. They thirsty. He making water come out of rock. God takes care of his people. Even though they have so many issues with disbelief, God has to continue to take care of their people. So now, uh, we in Exodus, we jump over to uh, Leviticus. He creates the, the priestly uh, order, how priests should be. Aaron, Moses' brother, is the high priest. He creates the priestly order and gives them the statutes and the commandments. He shows them what to do and not to copy these nations when I'm going to give you this land. It's a certain way you got to act because I don't want you acting like them because you're my people. Uh, newsflash, New Testament, that's old, but it's a new. It's a certain thing God puts in us. He wants people to know that you're my people. 
Amen. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. It should be a distinction between you that are saved and somebody that's not. Amen. Yeah, that's what all God was trying to do. Even back then, it should be a distinction between you and them because you're saved and they're not. So, so now they already now they went through all that. They had some hiccups. They they doubted God, but now they're ready to receive the promise. And now we pick up in Numbers chapter thirteen. And let's look at what he says. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. For each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So God is talking to Moses. So he says, look, it's 12 tribes. Uh, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, had 12 sons. There we get the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah is the tribe of where Jesus comes out of Judah. So these are the 12 tribes of Israel. So he says, pick one man from each tribe to go uh, get this land together. So I'm not going to go through the next 14 verses. I'm not, I'm not. It's a waste of time right now because all it is is giving you what tribe they from and who the man was. But it's one thing I do want you to remember. Uh, two men... That he did name Caleb and Joshua. Remember them names. Caleb and Joshua. So we jump to verse 17. It says this. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go in this way and this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether they may the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities, the inhabitants are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests or not, be of good courage yes. and bring some of the fruit back. Now the time of, with excuse me, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So Moses gives them all this instruction. Y'all go to this land. Y'all my spies. Peep it out. I need to know everything about this land. But one thing, don't forget. Be of good courage. See, we see a very real principle. God will have something for you, but operating in faith means you have to go get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has something for you, but that don't mean it's going to land in your lap. You got to bust a move. God had promised to get him the land, but he had to go send some people out there to scope the land out. So, so, so God says we must be willing to work out our faith. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. Jesus did all the work on the cross, baby. You ain't got to do nothing for salvation. Jesus did all the work. He stood up there and got whipped and got nailed to that cross and died and rose. So you do no work for salvation. But operating, executing God's plan in the earth calls work. Building his kingdom is work. Evangelizing is work. Counseling is work. Discipleship is work. Faith is partnering with God, agreeing with who God is and what he said he would do. So in the essence, guess what faith does? My belief births my behavior. I'm preaching better than y'all respond. My belief in what he said changes my behavior. So faith should do something in my life. Faith should make me move in a different way than I'm not that I haven't been seen before. So Moses is sending the spies and telling them not only peep out the scenery, see where everything is going on, but 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 I love this. While I'm operating in my my God-given authority, check this out. I want you to do this. Bring back some fruit. Amen. They'll tell somebody bring back some fruit. Bring back some fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way God can flow through me and use me, talking about us, and I ain't got no fruit to show for it. There's no way there would be some people from your own tribe. Check this out. It was some doubters and some complainers that didn't get to go. 
He only picked 12 from each man. You, can you imagine them? Why he picking them as the leaders? I want to go scope out the land too. I want to go see the fruit. Why? Why? Why he picking them? I mean, I love God too. Why he got picked them? It will be some complainers in your own tribe, your family, your friends, our word, our acquaintances, what we like to call them, that won't believe the promise that God gave you. But it's not your job to worry about them. Your job is to bring back some fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going to church and, and reading my word and, and listening to the pastor. And guess what? Now God is blessing me. I got, I got a new job. Maybe I got a new car. I don't know. But maybe I'm about to get married. I don't know. Maybe I get a new house. Maybe I don't know. My prayer life has changed. I'm getting a new heart. High five somebody and say, I'm bringing back some fruit. I need to bring some fruit back. I don't know if they did. I, I, uh, high five somebody and say, I'm bringing back some fruit. I need some fruit. See, 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 you have to read it for yourself. But the children of Israel see this tree branch with big clusters of grapes. The Bible says big clusters. They also find figs and pomegranates. It's been a total of 40 days of of spying out the land. So they bought back some big fruit with them. So they come together before all the children of Israel and, and Moses and they say, look at this report. Look at this report. This is what they got to tell Moses. Verse 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Which means what? Whatever God said, he said, he meant. Look at verse 28, though. Nevertheless. Mm-mm-mm. That's a messed up word right there, ain't it? That just killed the spirit, didn't it? Nevertheless. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So God, so, so the land is flowing with milk and honey. It's prosperous. It has everything we need. It's important to remember what God said. He said he meant and told him that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. But then they come back and say, nevertheless, the people that are there are strong. Everybody went from being happy to start complaining. They complain about how strong the city is and not focus on that God already says they land. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. They focus on the fortified and how strong the people are, but God already told them it was theirs. So guess what? You got to be have your eyes up for negative Nancy and hating Harold. Negative Nancy and hating Harold will kill your faith. They will try to destroy what God told you you had, what God said you can't have and can't be. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful when you share your testimony and realize who you sharing it to. Mm-hmm. There's people that are called faith killers. And that's their job is to kill your faith and bring you down to that level. No, baby, I'm going somewhere, God. You're not bringing me to your level. I'm going up. But if you don't want to go up, I got to chuck you the deuce. I got to move on and get where God needs me to be. So as they were complaining and murmuring and nevertheless, and then, 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 and then, then, this, uh, I love my brother Caleb. Then Caleb quieted the people and said, let's go up at once and take possession. For we were able to overcome it all. Uh, I, I, I believe Caleb might have said, shut up. I ain't trying to hear that. God said, this was for us. Let's go up there and take it right now. Ah, two names I told y'all to remember, Caleb and Josh, Joshua, because Caleb suggests what God had already said to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Let us go and take it once, overtake it. Yeah. See, it, it means Caleb didn't disagree with the report that they had. 
He believed it was flowing with milk and honey. He believed the people were strong. He believed the cities were fortified. But guess what? He believed God more. Amen. Uh, Amen. Are you willing to believe God more than what people say? Amen. See, incredible faith is when, guess what? Millions can tell me no, but I just need one yes from God. Uh, million people can tell me no. I don't care who you are. Everybody can tell me no. But if God said yes, then I can move how God told me to move. Amen. Cable said, I get the eyes are stacked against us. I get that. I get that they, the ANAC, that means they come from a lineage of giants. So you're talking about people that are nine feet tall are over there. And I get, I get that. I get that they're strong. But we got one thing they don't got. And that's God. Amen. Don't you realize you got one thing that other people ain't got? That's God that keeps me going and keeps me moving and keeps me being able to operate because I got one thing that you might not have, and that's God. I know you got that job and didn't even have a degree. I got God. Uh, I know you didn't qualify for that loan, but got that car. Uh, but I got God. It don't matter what you say. If I have God, whatever He has for me is for me. And can't nobody stop it. So I love Caleb's faith. And look at that. Caleb comes to try to shut everybody up. And look at what the people say. But the man who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land in which we had gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw and our men of great stature. First thing first, don't project your issues on me. <laughs> don't tell me how your faith is. Don't, don't give me your faith. I got my own faith. Yeah, don't put your faith on me. They projected their issues on me. So if you are planning to fail, don't put that on me. Amen. I don't want to fail. I want to prosper. Right. Don't, don't give me. I don't need that in my life. Amen. So look here. Don't put me in your we if you're planning to fail. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's from the Holy Spirit right there. Don't put me in your we if you're playing to fail. We ain't on the same team, player. My guy's undefeated, amen. We ain't on the same team. My guy's victorious. We're not on the same team, so don't put me in your failures. See, what I learned about faith killers is because they can't do something, they don't want you to do it either. (sighs) Projecting your issues on me because you're scared. Don't mean I'm scared. Because you can't do it, don't mean that God can't do it for me. So look at look look at what the people look at look at what the people say. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. So look at what we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Why you see yourself so small? Yeah, I'm 6'6 six, six in the spirit. I don't know about y'all, praise God. I feel I'm 6'6 six, six in the spirit. I'm brining to somebody, you know what I mean? I don't care what in the natural may seem like. I'm believing God can do mighty things in me and through me, so you can't kill my faith. I don't care what giant opposes me. How do I see you and think I can't overcome you if I know the one who's the overcomer? So, 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 they keep saying, look here, we see the people, but we are small. They giants. But then it says this. Check this out. They look, we look like grasshoppers to them. How you know that? You see that? We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. How you know what you look like to them? You don't know. Because 
we're uncomfortable and our faith has been diminished, we now have already said the enemy can defeat us and we don't even know what the enemy's thinking. Fear is something else. Fear is something else, y'all. Fear is something else because they already made up their minds how the enemy saw them and we do the same things. When it's time for that job interview. And we might be somebody on the other, on the other end of that job interview that we might see, see them as, as a prestiged or prestigious person. And we go in there, head down, not confident who God says I am. And now we in there and we feel a certain way and we leave out discouraged before we even had the interview. Because we see ourselves a certain way instead of seeing us who God said we are. Amen. Yeah, we go to the bank and we're looking to get that loan and we got our business plan together and everything, our portfolio. And we're ready. And then we see somebody on the other end that may not look like us and we're thinking, dang. They're not going to give it to me no way. And we turn around and leave discouraged. Head down. Why? Because we seeing ourselves through them. Don't never see yourself through somebody else. See yourself through scripture. See yourself who God says I am. See yourself who God called me to be. God said greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. You got to see yourself who God said you are. Because when I start looking at me through you, I'm going to diminish who I am. And God calls you to be great. Amen. God calls you to be mighty. God calls you to be faithful. God calls you to be world changers. Amen. But you got to see who God calls you to be. As we move to chapter, we're going to jump to chapter 14 real quick. The whole congregation now is complaining against Moses and Aaron. These men that stirred up the whole congregation. And it's not just a normal church. Remember, the children of Israel were having babies on top of babies on top of babies for 400 years. I have a million and something people now. This ain't no small group of people. It's a lot of people now. But the congregation ain't just a church. It's millions of people. And they upset at Moses and Aaron. And see, this is the crazy thing about fear. When I let fear take over my faith, I start saying foolish things. Let's look at, let's look at what the people said. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Only if we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord bought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives, our children should become victims? Will it not be better for us to return to Egypt? What? Sound like us, don't it? Died in Egypt? A place where we were slaves? We were beaten and whipped? Had to do hard work all day, no respect? It would have been better for us to turn back to that place? Why has the land brought, Lord had brought us to this land to fall by the sword? Why would God tell them he was going to give them the land and bring them out there to kill them? If he didn't already beat, defeated the Egyptians who were at this time the most powerful people in the world, had already split a Red Sea for you, you can walk through dry land, had already shown up as a, as a cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by, fire by night to, to walk around with you, has shown his glory to you, why would God do something like that? This will trip me out. The people went from incredible faith after the Lord had delivered them out the hands of Egypt to inconceivable fear because of their earthly enemies. It's a trip. And guess what? We do the same thing. We get used to dysfunction. That's why it's important to come out of dysfunction as soon as possible because we get used to it. Egypt represents bondage. It represents sin. It represents a stronghold on God's people. And when God tries to give us something new and something better and something to improve, and we don't see the benefits right away, microwave, we'd rather return to the rubbish. Yeah. 
Yeah, example. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the old boyfriend, all he didn't want to do is, is, is have sex and fight. That's all he want to do, praise God. The old boyfriend, all he want to do is have sex and fight. Nothing else, nothing else. Then God said, you a nice guy. That open up doors. That takes you out to eat. Tells you your worth. And guess what? He too soft for me. He soft. He ain't, uh-uh. I, I mean, Pastor, he nice now, but he soft. I need somebody to argue me, fight him. He let me run all over him. I can't just have nobody. Maybe he ain't trying to let you run over him, but maybe he's seen the queen in you. Amen. Maybe he know you've been damaged goods, and he's trying to help you out and overcome that and, and these past issues you got from these past relationships. But instead of going to the what God called for you, you rather turn to dysfunction and return to the rubbish. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Bible calls anybody that turns back to their old stuff, he calls it a, a dog that returns back to his old vomit. That's what the Bible said we look like. When we come going back to dysfunction and going back to things that ain't no good, we return back to vomit. I'm trying. Uh, uh. <laughs> it gets so bad. Check how bad it gets. Yeah, these people say, you know what? We need to pick another leader. Kick Aaron and Moses to the curb. We need somebody that's going to come with us and take us back to Egypt. How you going to dismiss God's leader? This dude then went to bat for y'all. Fought on Pharaoh head on who you thought you had no chance of defeating. Loves you dearly. And y'all say, you know what? We need to come back and go get another leader. This Moses and them just fell out. They just start praying. Joshua and Caleb so grief, they tear their clothes. And those times tearing your clothes mean you are in extreme anguish. Joshua and Caleb couldn't believe the people. Not only are y'all giving up on this, but y'all want to go back to Egypt? Who, who, who killed our baby boys? Who have done us so wrong? That's what y'all want to run back to? Look at, the, look at the text, verse 8. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. This is, this is Caleb talking. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to be eating up your haters if y'all ain't figured it out yet. You're supposed to be eating them up. They ain't, they ain't supposed to be bothering you. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Can I suggest to you that God is calling you to have faith over fear? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Whatever God has called you to do this year, you should have a Caleb attitude and say, I'm going to go and possess it. Amen. Why are you sitting there waiting? God said, go and possess it. Just like he told the children of Israel, God is trying to get you somewhere in your life. The Lord is with you, and he wants you to go and possess it. Yeah, the Lord is with you. He wants you to start that business venture because he's with you. Amen. Go and possess it. The Lord is calling you into a ministry, an assignment for life. Guess what? Go and possess it. Amen. God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. It is fear that keeps us down. Do you know what fear is? Fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah. yeah. False evidence appearing real. We get anybody watch, like, I don't know anybody like scary movies. I don't know if y'all do or not. But people that do, ain't none of that stuff real. People get caught up in it, they scared, they shaking out their boots, they all messed up. But guess what? It ain't real. But that's what fear is. Fear comes to get us and it tries to mess us up, but fear is not real. But it paralyzes us. Ain't that a trip for something not to be real that'll hold you back? The children of Israel were so paralyzed by fear. They would rather go back to being abused than try to do what God said do. God begins to go down his list of things, and now God's kind of getting fed up. 
Because God did so much for y'all. I told you I love y'all. Not only did I tell y'all, I showed y'all. I, I gave you the first Passover. I killed all of Egypt's firstborn. I did everything for y'all. I came against every Egyptian God and showed I was stronger and showed I was mightier. I gave you manna from heaven. I gave you quail. I'm getting all these things. And now God is kind of fed up. So God is saying, you know what? This ain't going to work. Uh, I, I, I got to set y'all straight. But look at what he says. He's getting down the children of Israel, going through all his list of things he does. Then he says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. I miss y'all shout. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. What? Caleb got special Privileges, why? Because he had a different spirit. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should be somebody in your, in your two chains voice. Say, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah, yeah. I'm different. I'm different. God had put a different spirit in you. See, when I'm different, I don't act like that. Amen. When I'm different, I move in a different realm. When I'm different, I got special favor over my life. Amen. Sometimes I can't even explain it, and I don't know how it happened. All I know is that I try to follow God, follow God fully. I tried to follow God fully, and he showed up and showed out in my life. So God is saying, guess what? If you love me, guess what? You fight with me hand in hand, I'll fight your battles. You fight with me with your different spirit, I'll fight your battles. Uh, 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 you don't have to talk about them. Listen, when I'm different, check this out. I don't talk about people, I pray for them. When I'm different, I don't hate on you, I love you. When I'm different, I don't care what it is. You can't make me doubt who God is because I believe who he said he is. Amen. Favor ain't fair, but it's only Caleb and his descendants got to receive the promise, not everybody else. Amen. So God gets so upset. Remember, the children of Israel, all they want to do is go die and go back to Egypt and do all this stuff. So look what God says. Say to them, that's what he's talking about. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. I ain't going to read verse 29 yet. Look at that. So as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. That means God hears everything. Mm-hmm. They talking. They talking to Moses and them. They talking to everybody else, but they don't realize God listening. Mm-hmm. God hearing their heart. So he said, just how you have spoken, I'm hearing this. So I'm going to do what you asked me to do. The carcass of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire family from 20 years older and above. So God is saying, look here, out of all y'all that complained against me, everybody 20 years and older is going to die in this wilderness. Everybody. That's a lot of people being wiped out. 20 years or older. But then look what he says. Except, because I'm different. Oh, y'all missed that. Except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You should by no means enter the land. You should by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, God said, "Don't call me a liar." Amen. Y'all said y'all gonna go back to Egypt. Y'all should go back to Egypt. I bought y'all here to die. I be y'all. Yeah, now see, so this is this is thing though. God don't like babies are innocent. Yeah. If you don't want to have faith, that's on you. Don't mess with my baby's faith. Don't, don't mess with my babies because they because I love them and they need to know I love them. What y'all doing is putting a stigmatism on their mind and making them not believe in me when I ain't been number good to them. So God is saying, look here, y'all not going to make me a liar. Check it out. 
But your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring in and they shall know the land which you have despised. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of being the status quo. He said, accept Caleb and accept Joshua. I need some accept Pastor George blessings in my life. Amen. I need some accept new creation blessings in my life. I need some accept put your name on their blessings in my life. Amen. That no matter what, accept me, I get to get it. I love God because he's so awesome. Because those they chose not to have incredible faith and believe in God. They had to walk around the wilderness for 40 years. Everybody 20 and older died. They would obey God and went to possess the land. I looked it up from the time them leaving the Red Sea to get where God had told them to be, where they was at a spot at the land, is a two and a half month walk. Two and a half months, they should have had everything God said they could have. But because they didn't have faith, because they choose to disbelieve, because they choose to dishonor and discredit, a two and a half month journey took them 40 years and a lot of death. Because they chose fear over faith. See, some of us, God has even put to us, gave us million dollar ideas. And put a vision in our life. And sometimes instead of stepping out on faith, guess what? I'd rather stay with this job as a security. Even though I can't stand it, I don't like it, don't want to be here. I'm going to put this 40 years in. When God said, you could have been a million a long time ago. I gave you this idea. Sometimes the ideas. Is it, other God, God got to get stuff done. So sometimes other people get the idea too. It comes down to who's going to do it the fastest. Right. So God has put stuff in us that we must know how to operate in, but don't let fear keep you bound. Yeah. God is saying, look here, walk into somewhere for you. So after the judgment comes down, the children of Israel, all of a sudden they got faith. Mm-hmm. We saw it, God. We, we didn't mean none of that, God. We didn't mean none of that. We didn't mean we going to die. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's not what we meant. We got faith now. We want to go and take that land, oh God. Yep, we got it. We got it. What was down there? We got it. We got you, God. We got you. So now all of a sudden they got faith. They're ready to take the land. They're ready to go down. But Moses says, no, don't do it. God has already spoken. Y'all going to die. Y'all going to die in the wilderness. Don't do it. So a group of hard-headed people who automatically got faith now go down to the land and try to take it. And sadly, lots of them died at the hand of the Amalekites. Because God said they couldn't have it. So Israel wanders around the wilderness, the desert for 40 years, endures many hardships, and eventually everybody 20 and older dies. It isn't until Moses passes away. Moses didn't even get to go to the promised land, y'all. God's man, why? Because them crazy church folk got on his nerves. And he disobeyed God. God, he already already hit the rock once and made water come out of it. Now God says, speak to the rock. And water going to come out of it. They complaining, we thirsty, we thirsty, we thirsty, we thirsty. So Moses gets so mad. Moses got anger issues. That's a whole other topic. He got anger issues. He angry. He hit the rock because he made it. Why won't y'all believe God? He hit the rock. And because God said water going to come, water came. But water said, look here. God said, look here, Moses. Because you hit it and didn't speak to it, now you can't go in. Because you made me look bad in front of the people. That trips me out. Because Moses, God, the Bible says Moses is the most humble man on the earth. Moses talked with God face to face and he didn't get to go into the promised land because he disobeyed God because the people got on his nerves. So even Moses got some punishment because of these people didn't have faith. So Moses went through it. 
They don't get to the promised land. Now Joshua is Moses died. Now Joshua was raised up as leader. Now, now it's time to begin the conquest in the Canaan. And, and, and now forty years have passed between Joshua and Caleb. Caleb is remembering what Moses told him. Let's look at what Caleb says real quick. We almost done. Look at what he says. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Somebody should be happy. God kept him alive. Amen. Uh, in the wilderness, in the hard times, God kept me alive. He said these forty five years. Ever since the Lord spoke the word of Moses while, to, to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now I am here, 85 years old. So Caleb was 40 years when this happened. He's 40 years old when this happened. He 85 now. He old man, right? Look at verse 11, though. As yet I am strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength went then, now is my strength for war. Both for coming, going out and coming in. Ah, y'all make sure I shout. So he 45, he was 40 when it happened. 45 years go by, he 85 now. He thankful God kept him alive. He was in the wilderness. We in the desert. Many people have died. Everybody died I grew up with is gone. Everybody's gone. Everything the young people I grew up with is gone. I have outlived them all. Everybody's gone. But God said he's going to keep me alive and he kept me. You should, you should be grateful right now. If some people passed away and you and you know you should have been there maybe with us sometimes. And God has kept you alive in the wilderness. But he says, guess what? As strong as I was that day, 45 years ago, I'm still that strong now. God will keep you and preserve you so you can enjoy your blessing. Amen. He 85, but he still gets to go in the land with strength like he 40. Amen. God wants to preserve you. If God said you're going to have it, you're going to have it. He ain't going to give it to you so you can't enjoy it. No, I'm going to give you the promise so you can also enjoy it. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to preserve you for the promise. And he still got strength. So they were in the wilderness for 38 years. It took them seven years to conquer the land. In the midst of all Caleb was, now he 85, he had witnessed many, many failures. And yet at this time in his life, 85 years old, he still had the same strength. Can't nobody but God do that. Amen. I hope I'm 85 feeling like I'm 40. Amen. Jesus, I'm 36 and I don't feel like I'm 16. So I'm going to need some work. <laughs> but God preserved him for the blessing. Even though everybody said no, God still preserved him and gave him the blessing. Last illustration, I'm done. A man started a cartoon company in 1920. He went bankrupt in the first couple of years. With just $40 left to his name, he packs his bag and he says, I'm moving to California. I'm, I'm moving to California. I, I'm going to try acting. He goes out there and tries to become an actor and fails at everything that he does. A little bit further down in history, he finds a partner, and they, and, they, and they produce a cartoon called Lucky Oswald the Rabbit. And the cartoon has some success. But guess what? He had a shiesty partner, and the partner took the character and left the man with nothing. A man down on his luck has nothing. On a ride back to California on the train, he come up with a concept of a mouse named Mickey. As he produced this mouse, he goes to banks. 300 bankers told him, no, we're not going to invest in that. That's a waste of time. 300 people told him, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. I think we all know how the story is. That mouse worth $65 billion now. Amen. All I'm saying is that you got to have the courage to step out on faith. It don't matter how many people say no. It don't matter. 300 people told him no. We know. We all know this person now is Walt Disney. But we know if God told you to do something, step out on your faith. Move how God said move. Do what God says do. Keep and do what he says do. Yeah, amen. 
And God opens up doors that no man can close. God makes room where it seems impossible. God gives you the ability to go and get it and obtain it and possess it. All you need is a yes from God. So incredible faith is believing God who he said he is. The Bible says this. That without faith, whoever believes in God must first believe that he is who he says he is. And then it says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So to have incredible faith, we got to, one, believe who God said he is. And two, know that it's because I believe in him, now I can please him. You can't even get what God has for you until you believe. You can't even please God until you believe. So I don't know what you're standing in this time in your life or what you stand in need of. I know God is real and he's want to do something in your life. So allow God to be God. God came to save us from our sins. The first step of incredible faith is believing Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Believing that a man was beat, whipped, and died, guess what, and rose from the grave three days later. That's incredible faith. Believing that God said who he said he is. When, when Jesus rose, uh, the disciples came to him. And this one called Doubting Thomas is what we call him. Because Thomas said, you know what? I ain't going to believe unless I get to stick my hand in the holes of his hands and stick my hands in his side. Boom. Jesus pops up and says, here, Thomas, I'm here. Go ahead and stick your hands through the holes in my hand. Go ahead and stick your hand in my side. And Thomas falls down and says, I believe, I believe. And Jesus said, you are blessed. But even more blessed than him who believes and has not yet seen. More blessed he who believe, talking about us, who believe and have not yet seen. So God has called for you to have incredible faith. So if you stand, you need to be saved. First and foremost, if you need to be saved, let today be your day. If you need to give your life to Christ, let today be your day. And say, God, you know what? I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe who you said you are. I seen a, I seen a, a, a license, not a license plate, but a, a bumper sticker years ago when I was carrying mail. And it's so funny to me to this day. It said, try Jesus. If you don't like it, the devil will always take you back. <laughs> and I said, that's funny, but that makes a lot of sense. Try him. Try him. He's right there ready to open to receive the love on us and give us everything. He, he, said, he said, I come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. God don't want you to, he don't want your time on earth to be horrible. No, no, you his child. We as parents work hard to make sure our children don't experience a horrible time on earth. We try to do whatever we can. Why we think God ain't different? We his children. So if you're not saved, let today be your day. If you're looking for a church home, have not yet made a commitment to a church home, today could be your day as well. We love to have you. Love to love on you. Uh, love to encourage you on who God calls you to be. Love to help you be and walk in your God-given authority, your, your gifting, and your calling. And um, we just thank God for what he's doing. Amen. Can we give God a praise? I'm just thanking God. That faith, that God's about to increase some people's faith today. And throughout, I just believe God's going to do something miraculous. That our new faith, our new belief is going to change our behavior. And we're going to see God in a whole other light. And God goes, and we're going to say, you know what, God? I love you. I love you more than I did before. I know I need you more than I did before. So if you need... To be saved or you're looking for a church home, let today be your day. Let God, let us celebrate with you in that. Amen. Amen. Or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe if, if you need special prayer today, we're willing to pray with you, whatever the case may be, whatever you stand in need of. But we just love you. And we want to say that we love you and we care about you dearly. So whatever you stand in need of, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen.
I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out real quick. Dear Lord, I thank you, oh God, for faith, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that you say you give us the power to move mountains. You give us the power to call those things that are not as if they were. You give us the power and the ability, oh God, to be able to do incredible things, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that with you nothing is impossible. We believe you can do anything but fail. And we stand on the promise of your word, Father God. You said that we can uproot mountains and move them, Father God. That with the faith of a mustard seed, oh God, we're able to do incredible things, Father God. So I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you give them the faith, oh God, that they need, oh God, to produce what you have called them to produce in the earth, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do in their lives, their children's life, Father God. Thank you. You're going to change destinies. You're going to change uh, uh, futures, oh God. You're going to change things in people's life, Father God. At the end of the day, we're going to be able to give you all the credit, all the honor, and all the glory, oh God. So I thank you for our faith being increased today, and we bless you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give God a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.